Why hello there. Welcome to another transmission, a working class observation from the wacko weirdo, rebel scum, Jedi hero, Andrew, reporting, recording. I'm not doing a live transmission today, it's too much effort, and I'd much rather just get into the meat, which maybe empty calories but that's really up to you in your own digestion drink more water um i got a couple of things that i want to get into but i just kind of scampered over here into reddit but uh i'm going through a bit of self-discovery i don't really know what the channel is going to be about i know that there's a lot more that i want to do it's just, uh, it originally started out as just reading out, like, different articles and getting, you know, a little bit of perspective and context in uh, articles in the news, and I maybe even started with just ramblings. It's always been ramblings, but I've been trying to figure out what exactly, what is the, the drive to the microphone. So I always kind of wonder, because I want to do this, there's more that I want to do as well, but somehow just trying to get different perspective transmitted out there rather than the same echo chambers that have constantly been going around, you know, I thought that would be useful. I could be wrong, but there's no point in fretting about that now because I'm here, and if you're here, thank you for joining me. If you aren't watching this on YouTube and you're listening to this on a podcast streaming platform, well, shouts out to you. Uh, I, right now I'm on Reddit. I was looking through the news, just trying to get some headlines, just trying to look around because, you know, I've been actually kind of unplugged for a little bit. I did listen to a Trump... I don't know what it was. Um, somewhere between a rally, a press conference, and... Uh, press briefing I think I said press conference twice didn't I somewhere between a rally uh it was a conference it it was even titled uh it was something for the stakeholders that was another thing that was pretty strange to me I took a picture of the title of it because I was just so perplexed by how like brazen Fox News was being with the title it says Trump speaks with stakeholders positively impacted by police it's such a weird headline and statement in a time when, like, people are looking for some solidarity with, like, uh, defunding the police and ending police brutality that Trump takes his time to go and speak uh, with stakeholders who positively, who are positively impacted by police. Weird. Um, but then people just proceeded to ask him questions because they're, they don't really, like, they asked about Michael Flynn, uh, they asked about Roger Stone, they asked about, uh, coronavirus response and testing, and it's just like, okay, is nobody gonna talk about police brutality? And I think maybe there was one question, but the whole thing was pretty fucking frustrating and it wanted me to, it, like, it made me want to record as soon as I could, but I was at work and I... I just couldn't 
go live immediately there and listen to this at the same time but it was so absurd so absurd the whole thing it was just so incredibly absurd we've reached like absurd levels here's the the headline i i took a picture of it you can see it on uh on the on the youtube archive here i just i got that right there you can see that it is a picture you see can't click that shit. Oh, it just goes and zooms in. And zoomed in on Kaylee. Um, yeah, it's titled, Live Trump Speaks with Stakeholders Positively Impacted by Police. It was so weird. Such a weird title. Um, because, like, he should really be speaking with the communities that have grievances like Seattle and uh, Portland. So weird. Um, but what do I know? I am just a working class guy. Woo. Um, got a couple headlines here I might just run through. We have a video of Aurora cop pointing gun at doctor's head prompts excessive, uh, force lawsuit coming straight out of centennialcolorado.com. I'm going to scroll down, check it out a little bit. Um, scroll back up. The doctor seems like a nice enough guy if that's him. I don't know why it would be anybody else. We have it written by Quincy Snowden. Uh, Dr. PJ Parmar, a prominent figure in North Aurora who for years has provided significant resources to local refugees, is planning on suing the March or, uh, suing the Aurora Police Department after an officer held him at gunpoint during a line of questioning on March 1st. Wow. Uh, yep, there appears to be cell phone video here. Mm, clickety link. Shared on Google Photos. What are you doing? What did you Go say? To send me a routine to, uh, You're on my property, block. leave. Stay in the car. No. Of Galena. You're in my property, you can get off it now. Uh, it's your property? I own it. You can get off it now. Okay, can you show me? I don't have to show you anything. Okay, but you first off, don't drive up on a police officer that's sitting there like that. You don't swear at me. Okay, well... You don't sit on my property without asking. I didn't know it was your property. Please leave the property now. Okay, well... You're trespassing. There's signs that say trespassing. He's just sitting what? there I'm with the trespassing gun you. Please leave the... It's the... He, he has the flashlight on the... Uh, on the weapon, the flashlight on the weapon is on, and uh, he, that's what he's using as a flashlight. He has uh, what people on the right would call great trigger discipline, um, but uh, pretty. They have standard flashlights that do not require pistols. The property. Okay. I got stuff to do. Come on, come on, be on your way. No, I'm gonna figure out whose property this is first. Get off the property. I gotta unload crap. Okay, well, we're going to figure out whose property this is first. You I'm not do your homework. For it. It's going to be a hard time getting by your car here. You know you're going in on the wrong way, too. You know you're sitting in my property. 1500 block of What's your name? Jay Henderson. Officer Henderson. So I also clear people off of your property all the time that are trespassing.
<laughs> He's going inside the building, and obviously he knows all the codes to get inside the building and all that. You're making it harder for me to serve your community. If you'd get off my property, I'd appreciate it. I got better stuff to do than to placate you on a Sunday night. I'm trying to do some work to help your community here, okay? You can leave now. the uh that was the end of the video there he said this should be good and then unfortunately we didn't get to see the rest of it but he did immediately walk up to him officer henderson pointing a weapon because uh he was that freaked out he didn't really explain what he was doing there necessarily all he did say was that you know he kicks people out of there all the time uh let's see if we can find the officer's defense here Officers did not complete a standard incident report following their interaction with Parmar. A spokesman for Aurora Police confirmed the formal service call that officers initiated began at 6.19 p.m. and was closed 31 minutes later. The only call note was, quote, need a car routine, unquote, according to Officer Matt Longshore, spokesman for Aurora Police. Longshore... Uh, Officer Matt Longshore uh, confirmed that there is an active internal affairs investigation into the incident. It's essentially meaningless. Uh, Pamar said he would be remiss not to pursue it. Quote, these are the sorts of things that if they're done unchecked lead to more of it. It's an opportunity to either help decrease it or by doing nothing I'm complicit in increasing it. All right. I don't really necessarily the his lawyer says that quote that force may only be used if the officer is in reasonable fear of his life. Um Dr. Parmar was merely loading boxes into his vehicle on his property when an Aurora officer approached him with a drawn gun. And that's true. The article says here that while Aurora police are required to notify supervisors when they intentionally point a gun or other projectile launcher at a person, officials do not consider such an action of use a use of force per department rules and directives. Huh. I don't know if that's necessarily going to pass in court then. Yeah, he intentionally pointed the gun though. <laughs> hmm. Much of the legal precedent for what constitutes 
excessive force comes from U.S. Circuit Court decisions, which remain largely split on whether a police officer can enact excessive force without technically touching the subject of a contact, according to an article published in the University of Richmond Law Review. It's pretty interesting. Interesting to know. Oh, there was a protest that they did. Well, that's all very fascinating. Not much of a defense uh, from the police. They kind of just uh, were kind of rolling over on that one. Maybe if they had a good reason why that cop was loitering on private property. Um, we have this next article saying, quote, Alleged Jeffrey Epstein sex crime accomplice Ghislaine Maxwell tried to flee from FBI agents before arrest, prosecutors reveal. No shit. I don't need to really read that. Uh, this Greek college student biked 48 days to make it back home to his family when flights were canceled. Oof. That's fucking insane. Dude's gotta be jacked at this point. Uh, Oregon, other states putting names of ousted police officers online. Oh, shit. That's gonna start some trouble now, isn't it? French police announce arrest of Darknet pedophilia site operator? Alright, let's start with Oregon and other states putting names of ousted pol police officers, and then we'll look at the pedophilia a little bit. Because I know the internet loves pedophilia. But after that, then I got a couple of videos I want to get into. And that's how I'm going to wrap this bitch up. When was the last hey, time hey, 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 hey. No advertisements in my shit. Alright, we got Salem, Oregon. ABC7 reporting. In the aftermath of the death of George Floyd in police custody, Oregon has released the names of over 1,700 officers whose transgressions over the past 50 years were so serious that they were banned from working in law enforcement in the state. Holy fudge. That's pretty crazy. The online posting last week came after state legislature created a law requiring the Department of Public Safety Standards and Training to establish a statewide public database of officers whose certification has been revoked or suspended. Noise. That's pretty tight. It's that easy. You don't need to hand over the whole database to Bill Barr. You can just give it to the public. Boom. Quote, those who are revoked have tarnished the badge and no longer have the trust of their community, their agency, or our agency as the certifying body. Unquote. Department Director Eric Gablix told the Associated Press. Uh, the article continues. The website includes a spreadsheet with the names of decertified officers going back to 1971 holy shit in at least one instance a police officer who was decertified in oregon obtained a employment in law enforcement in another state a situation that say that some say points to the need for a comprehensive nationwide database and one that is and this is me speaking it should be one that is public Going back to the article, I think I'm going to... There's an anecdotal uh, evidence here. Um, former Coquille 
Oregon police officer Sean Sullivan was convicted of harassment in 2005 for kissing a 10-year-old girl on the mouth. A year later, he became chief of police of the town of Cedar Vale, Kansas. He quit that job while being investigated there. Good. 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 All right. Yep. So we do need a nationwide database. Um, I would bet, though, that a lot of the officers may have their, you know, like your past employment may be pretty open when it comes to law enforcement. Um, it's just it's not publicly shared. And so then, like, how do you know that your community is actually safe and being protected by the right kinds of people and not other people who are just taking authority to then abuse power or just, uh, yeah, become dirty, nasty pigs? Five states, Hawaii, Massachusetts, California, New Jersey, and Rhode Island, do not certify officers, and one, Georgia, does decertify, but doesn't contribute to the registry, said Mike Bacar, executive director of the nonprofit. That nonprofit being the... International Association of Directors of Law Enforcement Standards and Training. Mm -mm 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 -mm. So we got five states do not certify officers. That's pretty dog shit. And then one that decertifies but doesn't contribute to the registry. So that's a bunch of dog shit. That just, you know, that just, just a Catholic church way of just cycling your bad apples, right? Hmm. We do need a more comprehensive database, and we do need to make sure that bad apples cannot be employed in positions of power. So, uh, in Colorado, a police reform bill just signed into law mandates creation of a database like Oregon's by January 1st, 2022. Jesus Christ. It's 2020, guys. Like, how the fuck is it going to take two years to create a database? Like, oh my God, you can at least start building it. Maybe they don't want to put that all out publicly, but, like, immediately, but, like, jeez. Two years from now, we're going to get, like, an actual uh, information that might just fuck shit up. We'll see. Uh, you know, it's two years away. You don't know how the United States is going to be at any point, but a bill working its way through the New York legislature would require a public database containing the names of any officer who's had their employment terminated due to misconduct. And there it is. Ohio has pending bills that would establish a database of records of police officers' use of force. Not quite as far. Like, the terminated due to misconduct, like, that one's pretty important because then you can at least track people who were uh, terminated due to specific misconducts, but I guess use of force is also... I just don't know why you wouldn't have all three termination due to or both uh, termination due to misconduct and use of force. I don't know why you would just stop at termination and I don't know why you would just stop at use of force. So uh, state Senator Lou Frederick, who was among lawmakers who sponsored the database bill in Oregon, said the push needs to go further. Yep, I agree. So I guess I'm going to re read the last paragraph here. Uh, New Jersey Attorney General Gerber? Gruel? Gruwal? Sorry, bro. Like, I'm gonna fuck your name up. 
uh, Gruwal tried to accomplish at least part of that. Oh, I got to read this, uh, this right here. So in order to understand the last paragraph, I have to read the preceding or the uh, prior. So why, wh why wouldn't that make sense? Quote, the next step is to have information more broadly available about discipline and complaints, Frederick said, and have a robust system of effective community oversight boards watching use of force activities and hiring transfer policies. Unquote. I think it's pretty funny because we have internal investigations. We have that. It's a department in the police. So, of course, you know, it never made sense to have a department of the police investigating the police, um, but to have a third party that uh, really doesn't have anything to gain from the destruction or bolstering of police forces. But the final paragraph reads, New Jersey Attorney General Guiber Gruwal tried to accomplish at least part of that last month by ordering all state, county, and local law enforcement agencies to divulge the names of law enforcement officers who commit serious disciplinary violations. The order is now on hold amid legal challenges from several police unions, because of course it is. Got to re retain those officers, you know. Which we got to hope at this point is a minority. <laughs> and without a database, we don't really know. We do know that like 40% are domestic abusers, though. So we do know that. All right, uh, French police announce arrest of Darknet pedophilia site operator coming from France 24. All right, I'm, I might go into the comments of this one. I mean, it's on Reddit. Oh, God. My room is so hot. I got stuck on ice. I'm so sorry. Hmm. They don't have much AC down here in Portum. All right. So this comes by text by Newswires? Yo, did a fucking algorithm write this shit? Newswires writes a lot of articles, and it gotta make me wonder, like, is this their department, or is this, like, an actual algorithm that just writes their news? Because it's very possible it could be a fucking algorithm. I hate to be that fucking paranoid, but, like, when you have your fucking uh, writer credit go to Newswires, uh, uh, <laughs> alright, I guess I gotta Google it real quick. I love getting off on tangents. It gets me so off. Um... News wires. Says news agency. But it's giving me the definition of a news agency. What's news wire specifically, though? Hmm? News wire services, news wires AP. A news wires is an organization of journalists established to supply. News reports to news organizations, newspapers. Uh, assignment editor? So maybe it's just like their Associated Press, like, you know. Yeah. I don't know. That's so strange. That's so strange why you would have that as news wires. Strange. Um, so the article says here, 
Yes, yes, indeed. French prosecutors said Monday that police had arrested a man suspected of operating pedophilia sites on secret dark net internet networks, providing pornographic videos and pictures to thousands of people worldwide. The 40-year-old arrested near the southwestern city of Bordeaux on July 7th was described by prosecutors as, quote, one of the 10 most wanted targets, unquote, of authorities fighting child sex crimes around the globe. Bordeaux prosecutor Frédéric Porturi said the suspect also appeared to have taken, quote, an active role in the production of child pornography pictures and videos, unquote. After being taken in for questioning, he was also charged with the incestuous rape of a minor as well as in as incestuous sexual assault of a 15-year-old. Huh. The suspect admitted the charges against him. French police and investigators from its specialized anti-violence agency worked alongside the EU's Europol police agency. The suspect posted the images on the so-called quote-unquote dark net of websites that can be accessed only with specific software or authorizations ensuring anonymity for users. Yeah, they make the dark net seem like it's a lot harder to access than it really is. Um, I don't go to the dark net because I don't really want to jump through the uh, hoops that the hoops that you can easily jump through to get there. But uh, yeah, the, what a vacuous, empty article. Um, Ghislaine Maxwell has been arrested, and we have just this guy who's been uh, apparently a top 10 most wanted target when it says around the globe here. So it's fascinating that we're not really getting any more information uh, at all. So, <laughs> wait, 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 what did that video say? Pedophile Hunters UK groups prove efficient, but... What? A peculiar type of manhunt is underway on the outskirts of Birmingham. I feel it's quite a dangerous individual, especially with the amount of children that you're speaking to. This woman is about to meet up with a man she's been speaking to online. But all the while, she was posing as an 11-year-old girl. And together with her group, they're preparing to confront the suspected paedophile image of him, what he's believed to be looking like at this moment. Uh, we've verified that through a video call. They take him outside for questioning. Come round here, out of way. We're here for your online activities that you've been doing. Let's first message to you, I'm 11. She stated her age straight away. In the meantime, they've called the police to alert them about the situation. No, 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 no. We've listened to your phone calls. We've listened, we've read your chats. Do you know what damage it can cause a child, this joking? No, it's not, sorry. You can damage these children for the rest of their lives. Don't start with the crocodile tears. Yeah, we're not interested in that, mate. <laughs> the man is handcuffed and taken into custody. Meanwhile, the group passes over copies of the conversation to the police. 
fascinating. I've got the videos. Um, we've got fascinating. It's just a group of people doing fucking. Ah, oh, I forgot his name now. I forgot his name. The catcher predator guy. Fucking Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen's work being passed on to just fucking any NGO that's willing to go out there and do the work. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, in a lot of ways, not cool. Um, but I guess Batman's a pedophilia. I guess that's cool. But, like, I don't know. Are they ever going to stumble against, like, an actual, like, nefarious plot? Like, something on the level of Jeffrey Epstein? Because that would be great. Like, taking, punching down on poor pedophiles, while it does save some lives, it's not necessarily on the same scale as sy systemic pedophilia. Which, you know, I can't really prove because any attempt to do so would probably be in the realm of conspiracy theory. But we do know that Jeffrey Epstein had his own way. And we do know it's all very possible. And apparently there is a child, uh, uh, a fight going on globally. And they did, uh, as it says here, they captured in this very same article that they captured somebody who was uh, a top 10 most wanted target. Um, doesn't necessarily say how much he had to do with trafficking as much as he did, like, trafficking children as much as he did trafficking, uh, uh, he peddled the, the videos, so, um, yeah, the, it would be great if they could take down trafficking, but, you know, also, I, I don't know, stopping pedophilia in general is a good idea, um, just to prevent people from harming others, for sure. What a trip. I can't believe there's just a group of people out there just, like, literally trying to bait people. It makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. I want to go in the comments real quick just because I want to see what people say about this specific vacuous article that really didn't have much to say. Uh, it just says, more of this worldwide, please. Uh, quote, they, the, somebody else said, they caught another French guy who went to Indonesia to molest children. He just allegedly killed himself in jail. Uh, died after a suicide attempt doesn't really sound like a attempt sounds like he quite successfully pulled it off that's funny yeah somebody posted that article about a uh, French guy going to Indonesia uh, and then they're talking they're splitting getting pretty semantic on the fucking committing suicide um, I mean he might have hung himself the bed sheet noose broke and then on the way down he hit his head on the cement floor and died um, okay, we're splitting hairs on that as well. This is why the Wayfair conspiracy stuff is so dumb and damaging. They don't need to use numerology or coded language or any bullshit like that to operate. The Darknet exists. VPNs. <laughs> Ways to hide activities and communicate. Not to mention the biggest traffickers aren't celebrities or billionaires. Groomers are, unfortunately, usually close to the victims, parents, relatives. Teachers, coaches, doctors, priests, not Tom Hanks for fuck's sake. Here it is. Uh, someone else just said this is the first time I'm hearing about the Wayfair thing. So Wayfair went to all the trouble of partnering with child traffickers, but then used the victims' real names. My only hope is that this will draw attention by non-conspiracy theorists to missing persons cases that otherwise don't get a lot of media attention. Yuritsa is still missing, as far as I know. Olivia was sadly found deceased not long after she went missing. She drowned in a local pond. The only missing 
Naraya I could find was abducted by a non-custodial parent in 2016, then returned safely a few days later. Samia so went on Facebook Live to tell people she was alive and well, and not only in not involved in any cabinetry-based sex ring. The second part of it that if you research the product codes, it brings up underage girls. It doesn't. Yeah, and then people are kind of going through and just debunking Wayfair a bit. <laughs> like somebody quoted cabinetry based sex ring and asked what timeline am I living in <laughs> it's pretty funny um yep uh down with pedophiles um can't really defend the behavior uh but also down with this next guy who might be in the same boat as pedophiles in my personal opinion kind of fucked up thing to say but when we get to his video yeah maybe you'll understand why so unless y'all been living under a rock, uh, there's been a new favorite word in 2020. It's called privilege. Let me explain to y'all what privilege really is. You ain't get the definition from anywhere else. You're going to get it right here. Privilege is wearing $200 sneakers when you ain't never had a job. Having $300 beat headphones living on public assistance. Privilege is having a smartphone that you receive no bill for. Living in public subsidized housing or you have no water bill when the rising property costs and rents and energy have absolutely no effect on the amount of food you can put on a table. Privilege. Whoa. <laughs> um, the first couple of things, um, those are material things. Um, so I don't really think what any what anybody's talking about privilege they're talking about having things like iPhones $200 sneakers when you ain't never had a job $200 sneakers when you never had a job that's a privilege how like it still depends on how like you got those shoes but I guess you know because you can compare it to somebody who's like you know uh working at a Nike uh you know working at a Nike sweatshop and they can't afford the shoes. It's quite possible. Uh, you're more privileged than that person. Um, but that's not the kind of privilege we're usually talking about here, buddy. Having $300 beat headphones live... It's the same, same logic. Living on public assistance. Having $300 headphones living on public assistance. Now... He might know people personally, but I could assume too. Like, I got Beat headphones for Christmas one year. They were a gift. I would probably never drop that much money on headphones. Just not my way of doing things. But boy, it is a privilege to have those because I don't think I would have been able to get them without them being gifted to me. So, is that what he means? And if so, how is gifts bad? I thought gifts were good things. Um, what was that thing about low-income housing? Having $300 beat headphones living on public assistance. $300 headphones living on public assistance. Yeah, I still don't really know too many people of that, but I feel like he's kind of painting a caricature of somebody specific. Talking about shoes, beats, low-income privilege is having a smartphone that you receive no bill for who 
What program is that? Living in public subsidized housing where you have no water bill. Public subsidized housing is because you're super poor and you can't afford like normal normal living. How is that? How is that a privilege to be so poor that you have to have the government's help to pay for your living conditions? Because that doesn't sound like privilege. That sounds like vulnerable. That sounds like suffering in a lot of ways. Like if you were to not have that truck and all you had was a studio apartment that somebody else had to help you fund, I'm sure you wouldn't be in this position of talking about how privileged you are when the rise in property costs and rents and energy have absolutely no effect on the amount of food you can put on a table the rising costs of energy have no effect to you putting food on the table that sounds like a lot of nonsense Is he talking about food stamps? Because again, that's subsidized living. That's like making your life cheaper because you're so poor you can't afford it in normal standards. But like, I know he would be more supportive of like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, but like, that's ignoring a lot of mit uh, material conditions and ignoring the fact that that is an impossible task to complete. And it is only a conservative talking point to. Uh, ignore the material conditions so I'm only 40 seconds in privilege is the ability to go march and protest against anything that triggers you privilege is the ability to go protest and march against anything that triggers you I don't think any of that's happening but I am fairly certain that our constitution says that it is actually a right to protest but is this the same talking point where living in america is actually a privilege because if that's the that if that's the uh if that's the fact then privilege means uh not allowed to criticize the government and if you're not allowed to criticize the government we're not really living in a democracy and if we're not really living in a democracy then we're living in a a lie, a, a bold-faced lie that everybody keeps perpetuating because they don't want to face the truth. And not have to worry about calling out of work or what kind of repercussions that might have on you. I don't know who has that problem. Yeah, I don't know anybody that has that problem who can just say, like, hey, I'm going to a protest, you can't fire me because of it. I don't think that's a thing. Privilege is having as many children as you want, regardless of your employment status. He's obsessed with employment. Employment and income. But he's really focused on people who don't have employment and have low income. These are people who he sees to be privileged for these really weird reasons. Because they have a ton of kids in another low income situation that sounds like a pretty situation to me like i'm so fucking poor i would actively avoid having kids um because i wouldn't want to uh force them into my pro my poverty uh my poverty is not a privilege so yeah i am extremely confused on who he is painting as privilege other than just like this seems like a smear campaign on certain archetypes that have been built into his red neck
privilege is sending your kids to school for the before school programs and the breakfast you get and keeping them there for the after school programs at no cost to you paid for the people who do have to deal with rising taxes and costs did he really think he just schooled us on that um yeah i don't know who's not paying taxes um but you know what's a good point here is that it's probably at least it's not black people that he's criticizing here because um white people are the majority on welfare so you know at, at least we know he's not attacking like the, the 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 majority of people who are on these subsidized programs although low incoming housing is uh in a lot of states that is predominantly uh, black and it also depends on what state too but uh, nationwide per capita you do have more white people on welfare and uh, subsidized programming so yeah so he, he's definitely not just shitting on black people right now he's definitely not just doing that he's just shitting on dumb store dumb poor people like me like me the poor dumb rebel hey I've had the privilege of working hard and living a life of obeying the law. <laughs> the privilege to work hard. Alright. That's how I know when we're cut from different cloths. Um, productivity and work, man. It's, it's, it's one hell of a thing. And I feel like a lot of people are trapped in a situation where they are working in a wage, a slave wage labor uh, and it, it, it has a lot to do with while yes you can choose your employer not a lot of times your choose your employer has a lot more choice in choosing you than you do in them but also the fact that if you don't work you starve or you dive in the in the cold or in the heat uh, or you can't pay for the water so you know we've already had this conversation for a while now of whether or not existing in a capitalist system is all that uh, voluntary and a lot of people have come to the conclusion that it's really not and it works in a very uh, shadowy subtle coercive way so um, if I am to believe what he is saying here is true it's all pull yourself up by your bootstraps and if you can do that then you're privileged but it's a, it's it's all it's an impossible act to mask the fact that a lot of us have different material conditions that um, create roadblocks, if not obstacles, in the way to what people in America would deem as success. So him to call these people privileged that are of obviously lower income uh, outcomes, it's it's very funny that he calls them privileged just because they have things, like basic, dumb little things like headphones, $200 sneakers, like, yeah, that's excessive, but like, it's so it's he's so focused on the uh the material that you have making you privileged and not necessarily your socials you're like yeah your social status which you know when we talk about privilege in a lot of ways there's a very massive wealth privilege and a very massive white privilege um which i kind of have to assume he's in he's in both camps there um, I can see him and he's white, but I'm just going to assume he's rich because he has a very huge disdain and contempt for poor people. So let's just 
keep going. Law. I made my own privilege. You know what it's called? It's called hard work. I want to just rewind that again. I've had the privilege of working hard and living a life of obeying the law. <laughs> I made my own privilege. You know what it's called? It's called hard work. He had the privilege of working hard and he lived the life of obeying the law. <laughs> and then he made his own privilege. And you know what that privilege is called? Hard work. He said hard work for the same privilege. Like, privilege is work. Work is freedom. Oh, okay, I get it now. I've got a nice house, a bunch of land, a bunch of toys out there on that land. Ran around with some of the biggest celebrities in country music and did it starting from the back of a dadgum tailgate. Accumulating over 130 million views now, 750,000 social wait, wait, media wait, wait, followers. Wait, 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 wait. Just because he earned it doesn't necessarily mean it's his privilege now. Like he earned it in the past, but anything in the in the time since that wouldn't be considered privilege. Hmm. Hmm. Starting from the bottom, and now I am never going to be privileged because I started from the bottom. He said he created his own privilege which he calls hard work hard work is his privilege right this is yeah it's all it's all just a pull yourself up by your bootstraps ordeal um when he actually has um the material conditions right now to have a much easier life than anybody who is on subsidized housing or food stamps so um just because he started in the back of a tailgate I don't know his material conditions, anything beyond that. He could have been a millionaire for all I fucking know, and he was a nobody who started at the back of a tailgate. But just because you were a nobody doesn't mean you built something into nothing. You just went from being a nobody millionaire to a somewhat somebody millionaire. So, uh, go fuck your ego? That took me over 10 years of grinding like there's no tomorrow with the hope that there was a light at the end of that beautiful capitalist tunnel <laughs> if you work every day and live within your means your privilege is going to be your family what you've earned that nest egg enjoying the one day retirement that you'll have but i guess what they want to say now is you're privileged if you stayed in school and got a job and worked hard and contributed to society and stayed out of trouble and you weren't a burden to anybody else that that means you're privileged now it's something else, America. The good news is, this will all backfire. Mark my words. There it is. That's the real definition of being privileged, and you ain't gonna hear it on CNN. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Yeah, that was terrible. Uh, that was terrible. Check out Buddy Brown's music. Uh, what garbage. Uh... Easily, easily just uh, so conflated and uh, delusional that he can't actually see the any, any privilege compared to conditions that anybody else might be stuck in. I don't know what kind of school he went to, but being where you're born and what color of skin you're born into matters a lot in this country. So you have to acknowledge what those privileges are and not just the things that make you jealous when poor people have them. I...
that's all I could think of. But um, I wanted to move on to my final piece here, my final segment before I hop off because I can only do very short time constraints because that's how my podcast is going to upload it. So I wanted to get into the Daily Wires uh, uh, Sunday special segment called The Intellectual Dark Web. And the reason why I want to watch it a little bit is because some more news, one of my favorite uh, left tube, uh, channels on YouTube, um, did a video called how to pretend, uh, systemic racism doesn't exist. And it actually goes over a lot of rhetoric and, um, I guess propaganda that uh, a lot of what they call intellectual dark web use. And so I thought it was funny that, uh, what, let's see, six days ago, this came out one day ago so it was five days ago so five days before the some no some more news video comes out and then uh five days after that video comes out how to pretend systemic racism doesn't exist featuring what they call the intellectual dark web sam harris dave rubin uh jordan peterson ben shapiro joe rogan uh that came out five days before this video came out from daily wire ben shapiro the Intellectual Dark Web, featuring Jordan Rogan, Jordan Peterson, and more, who I assume is Dave Rubin and Jordan Peterson and uh, Sam Harris. But I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm probably not going to get through the whole thing, but I thought I might as well just dive into the Intellectual Dark Web and see if I get picked up by a black widow. Let's get it. I got a bigger studio, and then now it's uh, somehow or another it's a business. I just There's a deep Joe desire Rogan's right now in, in a free to society to try and figure out why some people succeed and some people fail. And we're never allowed to say that there are natural issues at stake. And, and, some, and, and I understand the resistance to it based on race. Right? So, for example, you see a lot of people who will say you can't ever talk about racial differences in IQ because that is going to lead to, toward this racist conclusion that your race defines your IQ, which is you know, a silly conclusion. Like There are racial differences in IQ based on kind of group statistics, but that has no relevance to the particular individual standing in front of you. And so you saying this black guy is stupid because he's black is racist. You saying there are group differences in IQ because every study ever done has shown group differences in IQ, <laughs> not even based on racial groups necessarily, but based on different groups generally between. It's so funny that Ben is trying to get Joe Rogan to admit to uh, eugenics. Um, this is like the first idea that he comes out talking about is talking about like how you can't equate IQ to characters until you get to know characters right you can't say this guy is dumb because he's black you have to say this black guy is dumb because right but ben is also saying that you are able to say black people are dumb because there are racial iq differences let's let's hear joe's response i'm not sure i haven't actually watched this yet i just know that it came out and i was super excited to cover it and i, I like going in cold into these things i don't want to be planned i just want to hear and try to take it in and then see what comes out between you know age groups there are differences in iq actually uh, if you if you show that at least from young age two to like 12 um if you if you mention any of these things then you're overriding the idea of a tabula rasa human being who can be created in whatever image you want like what people really want is to Correct the cosmic imbalances, as Thomas Sowell says. I don't know what. I mean, the Greeks, right? Greek mythology thought man was made out of clay, so that sounds pretty malleable to me. What do you think is behind it? I think there, I think you're hitting the nail on the head, and I, I think the there's a, a, a tremendous amount of white guilt 
involved in it as well. I mean, because basically what the IQ tests are showing when they do study differences in IQ and, and races, you're showing the rise of the superiority of the Asian race. I mean, Asians dominate those things. And everybody just sort of just like, well, that's, that's, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about white and black because that's more convenient and it's easier and they could find a victim and they could find a perpetrator. And, uh, well, because one is like an evil racism while another is just like a chaotic racism. <laughs> like, um, nonetheless, just because you, because, oh, Nonetheless, just because there is the stereotype of the smart Asian, it doesn't make it not racist. Um, that's that's it's the same thing as assuming that a black person's IQ is dumb because they're black. Like you're assuming an Asian's IQ is high because they're Asian. It's the same thing, and it's also weird that people fight. For, uh, whatever he doesn't fight for white supremacy, but I'm getting a little lost here in in my own thought, so I might as well just drop it. I just think it's fascinating that Rogan is going down this road of that. Yes, uh, race has to do with. Uh, how you perform in the world but is that because of internal uh variables or is it external we could say that it you know sam harris has argued that it's 50 to 80 for the fact that uh your genetics have to do with your conditions um but melanin being the genetic that decides this? Not sure. Not sure. What you're also seeing, like, there's a lot of Asian groups that are furious because they're getting discriminated against about getting into colleges yep. and universities. They have higher standards because they have such a high percentage of Asians that are getting into the universities. And it's, it's very strange because they're not vocal about it and they're not, they're, they're not publicizing it and they're not screaming racism in the streets, but they're the victims of it. They actually are the victims of hard work and success and <laughs> excellent genetics. Right. Well, there's hard work, success, and excellent genetics. This is such a white supremacy argument. It's so fascinating. It argues in his favor while also making white people look slightly inferior. There's no question. And, and, and the differences in culture are, are really the place where we should be putting most of our focus because when it comes to you know, natural imbalances, there's only so much that you can do, right? I'm not going to be fighting you in a ring anytime soon because I'd just get destroyed. But the same thing, but, but when it comes to cultural differences, that's the stuff that we can correct for. And instead of doing that, what we tend to do is we tend to pretend that the cultural differences are not brought about by immediate decision making by parents in, or, or by immediate communities. It's, it's something out there, right? It's, it's racism in the ether or it's discrimination writ mm -hmm. large. It's something. It's something out there. We can't, we can't put our heads around it exactly. It's something that's making us imbalanced. And so the way to fix that is by getting rid of all imbalances that we see. And so if there's an imbalance whoa, between whoa, men and women, whoa, whoa, we'll just... Whoa, 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 He's just... He's talking about inequality, like social inequality, as if somehow, like, culture is at fault for that. And yet he can't pin down what it is that it is about culture like certain cultures that belong to certain peoples what it is that makes these inequalities that's it's the culture of racism and white supremacy ben just pretend that that doesn't exist anymore and that it must have been caused by something that we can't quite control yeah it's definitely not an objective way of approaching the issue i think there's a host of different factors that play into every community right there's the 
the echoes of the poor behavior of the people that live there before you, all the consequences of other people's actions that have affected all the people around you, people going to jail, people that have experienced racism, people... Joe Rogan actually being slightly enlightened here by talking about historical materialism to the slightest fucking degree. ...that have experienced uh, poor treatment by law enforcement, massive distrust around you, very difficult to excel in those environments. You're constantly, like, running away from gangs and headed home. I don't think we should hold those people up to the same standards as we should people that grow up in very safe, middle-class communities where they don't have to worry about all this stuff. I think there's a, a bunch of different factors, and everybody's looking for one. Exactly. And the one factor that appeals to their ideology. Yeah. And I think that's a real problem. And it's... it's- yeah, but like also you have to like acknowledge intersectionality because he says that everybody focuses on one, but I feel like people come to him and say, "Hey, that's not the only problem." Like they all kind of weave together in this gross what what you could would call a web. It's a problem also anytime you mention IQ Everybody goes nuts yeah. because immediately they suggest that what you're saying is is racist. Mm-hmm. And it's the arbitrary. truth is that it's completely arbitrary. To to it's 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 an only un- an understanding in the way that we understand uh, what mathematics and our history and English. I don't know what they even test the IQ on, like what they use for the rubrics of testing the IQ, whether it's grammar or math. But like it is all based on our thought. We fucking made it up. Whatever IQ differentials there are, it's unclear how much is explained by genetics and how much is explained by environment. But some is clearly explained by genetics and some is clearly explained by environment. As soon as you say that, everybody suggests that you are operating in a racist space. So it's as you say, when it comes to data, like this happened with Sam Harris when he was being interviewed by Ezra Klein. (laughs) Yeah, but like when you're equating that like people's skin tone is what makes them closer to the, the... Hold on. Take it back. Explained by environment. As soon as you say that, everybody suggests that you are operating in a racist space. Oh, okay. So it's- it is a bit racist to use biology in a way to describe that uh, certain races are inferior. Because it, it, you, you always keep saying how you only want to judge somebody by the character of the, the person rather than the color of their skin. And yet, you can't eliminate your own implicit bias to acknowledge that... Uh, skin tone has nothing to do with uh uh the the genetics uh, like the genetic performance because what we're talking about here overall too is productivity so like again that's another form of just western thought coming into into everything and it 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 has a, a very massive uselessness in trying to judge whether or not communities of people which are becoming multicultural as we fucking speak like we have african americans we have asian americans that in itself is a splitting of culturals holy shit like it's just unbelievable like how they can't recognize that it's racist to move uh genetics in a way to say that a certain race something we've made up makes them inferior or superior when it is probably more dependent on the dna and the rna and the chromosomes that's probably what it's more dependent on and your brain neurochemistry so it sounds like more to do with individuals rather than 
uh, uh, specific groups. But Ben would say, no, it's culture. So it's not actually like people within the, the individuals that make the community. It's the culture that comes out of that community. That's what leads to these poor outcomes. And again, that's not necessarily true either. He just sees that uh, the, the people should conform to his his cultural values, which are Judeo, Christian, very orthodox and traditional uh, cultural values, conservative as well. And uh, unfortunately, Ben, not everybody's going to be able to conform to that in the name of productivity and profit. Uh, it's a pretty benign and mundane and in a lot of times insufferable existence. So um, people are going to resist that whether you like it or not. And they are going to live lives and express the universe in ways that you cannot comprehend because all you can see is numbers. So, and race, you see race. It's as you say, when it comes to data, like this happened with Sam Harris when he was being interviewed by Ezra Klein. Mm -hmm. right? Ezra Klein just went after him for suggesting that science is science. Well, right. science is still science even if you don't like the science. And it yeah. seems like the same thing should apply when it comes to biological differences. You didn't Do you want to see a more active government or a less active government? Because I'm kind of happy with the gridlock. I'll be honest with you. I kind of like the fact the government didn't do anything. There's definitely some pros to that. I think it would be better if we had a more competent system. And I, I agree with you that the checks and balances have... We've shown that he can't just throw everything out and, and just run Trump mania all across the country. I, I think there's definitely some, some positive to that gridlock. So it's... it's okay, so... What, what changes would you make to the system? Because you talk about the system being, being a problem. So you talked about online voting. Do you mean online voting direct on issues or you mean online voting for representatives? All the above. I well, think, okay, so you like the referendum system in California? I think if you have opinions on things, I mean, first of all, this is really unpopular. I think you should have to show that you have an understanding of what you're voting on. You should probably have oh, to I'm take fine with this. If, yeah, if you, if you want to get rid of the ID requirements and, and retain the actual you need to know what you're talking about yeah. requirement, I think I could live well, with that. I think you should take a test. And if you understand what, what the consequences of your decision are, you understand what, what is being voted on. I think this is kind of unfair because we have many actors, including Rogan and the man that he is talking to, Ben Shapiro, um, misinform and disinform people. So when you get that kind of information mixing going on, you're not going to have well-informed voters. You're going to have misinformed voters. It's been said that people who watch Fox News are significantly less informed than people who don't. So a lot of people probably, maybe, from Fox News would not be able to vote unless say someone with nefarious goals actually gets into the position to change the requirements if they change the requirements saying that everything fox news says is true then they're actually back into the overton window of truth um which shouldn't be how the way truth works but they would be in the place to be and you would have to watch their broadcast to get an informed position enabled to vote but when we know in reality right now as we speak fox news is the leading misleader of news of information um so uh not good not good and you can vote on it 
But if you just read, uh, if you just go check yes, check no, just do it haphazard just because you're a crazy person and you happen to be 18. No, 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 no. See, and that's the thing, though, is that if if we're going to live in a full frontal democracy, like everybody needs to be able to vote, no matter of how informed or how misinformed they are. We can't really control the the, the, the flow of information, we could do a hell of a lot better job because right now we have a president who kind of capitalizes on conspiracy theories, cooing <laughs> on. Um, but if we do have a more better centralized flow of true, authorized, vindicated, maybe peer-reviewed information, then we have better uh, understanding from the public, right? But there's never going to be a way that we're going to not have disinformation and misinformation mixing in the melting pot. There's no way of avoiding it. It's impossible. But to knock people out of the voting block just because they don't understand the issues going on, that's not necessarily just on the individual's fault. So it's also weird that Joe Rogan is always constantly bouncing in between historical materialism and material conditions. And then also to, like, you need to pull yourself out by your bootstraps. Wait, where the fuck are your boots? Get, go buy some fucking boots. Now pull them up. I think that's pretty ridiculous. And But to have a test... And have someone say, "Well, you have to be—you have to be required to understand, have a rudimentary understanding of what you're talking about in order to make an opinion that could re- literally affect 300 million people." A lot of people would say that's bad because then, what about? Are you are you saying that people have to have a certain intelligence level in order to vote? Is this right. like are you are you at the like door of idea. eugenics? You like, what are you? Where face. are you going with this? Well, I think it's not a bad idea to say that if you're gonna vote on really important issues, like whatever those issues are, whether it's uh, funding the military or abortion or whatever it is, you should have an understanding of the subject. I don't think that's unreasonable, but people don't want any extra work and they, they want things to be very, very convenient. They want the virtue signaling also. Being yeah, able to vote. <laughs> That's Ben's love. Uh, I do believe a lot of people want things more convenient, and I do find it fascinating that he wants uh, online voting to happen because it would be more convenient. But uh, him yet again throwing blame on people because they're too lazy to be more more well-informed, that just says a lot more about Joe's character than it does the individual who he seems to be strawmanning. But I want to just say that if we have better flow of information we would have a better informed public. It is really that simple. Half half of voting right now is just virtue signaling, like demonstrating to the public at large, to people at large, what this vote means. It's virtue signaling. You can only really, like, be evil for so long and just be like, you're the evil ones. To you. So is Hillary Clinton campaigning on, if you vote for me, you'll show that you voted for a woman. And if yeah. you vote for Barack Obama, you've shown that you vote for a mm-hmm. black guy. And if you're voting for Donald Trump, you're sticking a middle finger to the system. It's yeah. all symbolic voting. Very little of it seems yeah. to be about, like, what's this guy actually going to do once he's there? Yeah. And that's, 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 a, that's a serious problem. It's a good point. One of the biggest way, episodes like ever on Joe's podcast was with our next guest, Jordan Peterson. Jordan is a professor of psychology at the University of Toronto, which is where he was when his first book, Maps of Meaning, The Architecture of Belief, came I'm going to be honest, uh, Peterson is a little bit uh, more abstract for me, so I might not be able to do this very well. I am more of a Rogan level of thinking, but I'm still here for this, so totally here for this. This is obviously an old recording pre-corona, but Ben just felt like it was time to upload this with all his buddies, and I'm only going to probably just cover Jordan B and then hop out, so... 
came so out. Jordan's career took a new direction in 2016 when he became a vocal critic of a new law passed in Canada, Bill C-16, which made gender identity and expression prohibited grounds of discrimination. Jordan published a YouTube series on the law and argued it was compelled speech, meaning it was requiring people to express thoughts they disagree with. The series created tons of controversy and a lot of media coverage for Jordan. Jordan's second book, the bestseller 12 Rules for Life, An Antidote to Chaos, was still quite new when he joined me on the premiere episode of the Ben Shapiro Show Sunday special. Over the course of 2018, the book exploded. It sold three million copies around the world, which took Jordan around the globe, speaking to hundreds of thousands of people and made him a household name. Jordan is an incredible, incredible guy he speaks. He's introspective, one of the most humble and get a chance to sit down and talk with him soon again. From our Sunday special, listen to Jordan give the argument that the human race determines the direction of evolution through their logos, their consciousness, and how we have to value the individual in order to build up and maintain the structure of society or face the consequences of society becoming totalitarian. He and I also discussed the debate of free will and how the existence of consciousness informs it. Well, we already walked through the fact that the heroes of the past acted on potential to extract out the world of actuality. And if they did that properly, then the world they extracted was good. And that that is a divine principle. And then we might say, well, is it a divine principle? And you might say, well, what is it that's acting through people in the good? Mm -hmm. Like the Christian theological answer to that would be the logos, right? Right. That's the Mm -hmm. idea. Mm -hmm. That's the idea of the Holy Spirit, roughly speaking. Right. You might think, well, is that a real thing? It's like, well, to me, it's real the same way that consciousness is real. And we don't know the role of consciousness in determining reality. Mm -hmm. Even, but Mm -hmm. even if you're an evolutionary biologist. How quick he did that, just moving symbolic iconography the, the 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 father the spirit and the holy ghost and moving that into just as equivalent as consciousness wow we yeah i guess because if you want to talk about it in maybe like Taoist or zen buddhist terms but like <laughs> you, you literally just like when you talk about consciousness most people kind of equate it to their like center like their awareness like right here that's consciousness and so when you equate uh, things that we thought up about around, what, 3500 B.C.? I can't remember because I think the New Testament came out around like 600-something B.C., right? 600 A.D., right? I think it was somewhere around 600 A.D. the New Testament actually had came out. So it's fascinating that, so then what are we going to just chalk that up to discovery, Maybe, but that's probably not where he's going to go with this at all. He's skipping right over that. And this is so interesting because the evolutionary biologists actually discriminate, differentiated themselves from Darwin on this point. Like Darwin was very, very forthright in his claim that sexual selection was as powerful as natural selection, mm-hmm. or even more so. Mm-hmm. And so that, so here's where this, that goes. And, and because that was... Is sexual selection even that separate from natural selection? Because I'm pretty sure it's the same thing. Like, in, in, like sexual selection is just another branching off of natural selection. Natural selection is the combination of the material factors that led to the continuation of genes. So, like, of course, sexual selection has a lot to do with that. I, I, okay, let's get to the point. Because then. that brought consciousness into the world as an active player, 
the materialistic evolutionary biologist ignored that mm -hmm, for like mm -hmm. 150 years and only concentrated on natural selection where they could play, well, this is all chance. Right. It's like sexual selection is not chance. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's a hypothesis. Human beings separated themselves from chimpanzees. It is a lot of chance. One of the reasons they did that was because human... I want to argue that the chance of someone finding you attractive is a very specific chance, but you know, them picking you is that a, is that a form of divine grace? Because in a lot of ways, uh, divine grace is what Doctor Manhattan once described as a thermodynamic miracle, which is another way of saying coincidence, which is another way of saying probability. So, females are sexually selective. Chimps aren't. Chimps will female chimps in estrus will mate with any chimp. The main chimps, the dominant ones, chase the subordinate males away. Mm -hmm. So they're more likely to have offspring, but it's not because of female choice. Right. Now, female, human females have done this whole different thing, is mm -hmm. that they've, they've, they, they have hidden fertility, and they're much more likely to go after guys who have climbed up the hierarchy. Mm -hmm. So let's say heroes mm -hmm. will give the women some credit for intelligence, <laughs> right? And say that that's what they're after. Even if they're using wealth and so forth mm -hmm. and status mm -hmm. as a marker, they're actually using those as a marker for competence. Yeah, standard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and Again, that's all like related to our view of sexual relations. Like there's a bunch of natural selection and sexual selection that's going on without, uh, what, 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 did he, what, what chips did he even include? Was it bonobos? Fertility. Hold on. They have offspring, but it's not because of female chimps in estrus will mate chimps. with any. So it's fascinating that chimps are his his example because they are the the, the cherry picked example when we're actually a lot closer to bonobos. So fascinating. Guys who have climbed up the hierarchy. Mm -hmm. So let's say heroes mm -hmm. will give the women some credit for intelligence, <laughs> right? And say that that's what they're after. Even if they're using wealth and so forth mm -hmm. and status mm -hmm. as a marker, they're actually using those as a marker for competence. Yeah, standard. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and, and I think that's, I, I think, think right. the evidence, yeah. yeah, I think the evidence for that is clear. Okay, so. The, the, the female chimps are using uh, wealth status and all of that hierarchy to uh, acknowledge competence. This has nothing to do with Western form of thought does it it does it has everything to do with western perspective um if we lived in a horizontal hierarchical system none of that would be of importance to jbp's argument so you might say oh well it was human female conscious choice that selected us mm -hmm. okay and you think well that's not random that's not random at all. It's mm -hmm. the farthest thing from random that there is. And that means consciousness is making its choices with mm -hmm. regards to what propagates. But then it's even more complex than that. So here's what happens among men. The men all get together in their hierarchy. They posit a valued goal. They all accept that as the goal, because otherwise they wouldn't be cooperating. Right. Then they arrange themselves into a hierarchy. And they let the most competent guys lead, because they want to get to, they want to, get to the promised land. Mm -hmm. They want to get mm -hmm. the most competent leaders leading right competent defined by that value now just know he's uh, getting out of darwinian natural selection here completely like this has not much to do with evolution of a species so much as an evolution of a society which you know we we gotta say is different because our species hasn't evolved very much since we've started the whole revol the whole agricultural revolution which some could say is the beginning of uh society 
Um, so not a, much evolution change has come from them. Um, there has been, I guess, selective breeding since then. Uh, mostly love, love guiding a lot of it. I don't think a lot of uh, specific breeding has come out, um, unless you're talking about people obsessed with Aryan race and purity and all of that. But I think the distinction he's making here is taking a huge shift away from actual evolution theory and just kind of moving into a more of sociology and it's it's quite the pivot and i like also how he equates like women consciousness to the connection of consciousness with god like con their consciousness is something broader right like their consciousness kind of even connects to the broader outer uh ephemeral still but like it's the umbrella of human consciousness that he might be saying or he's calling all of life consciousness i'm not really sure but he did it seemed like he almost equate to like women's consciousness that equivalent to the god consciousness which got me pretty hot and bothered to be honest okay so here's what happens essentially the men all get together and vote on the good men and the good men are then chosen by the women, and those are the people who propagate. Again, again, this is all very specific to our own society. I don't think chimps have elections. Um, how their hierarchy is decided is well beyond me, but also, like, I don't think this is how lobsters would decide it. They also live in a patriarchal, hierarchical society, right? I think that's his thing. Um, not everything, not, not every species forms their hierarchies like this, nor do they form missions as such. And also, not even our own species throughout time have done it. This is all um, in the context of modern thought. This is completely blank of all of our nomad days when um, hierarchy was on a much more horizontal scale. And uh, that was pretty necessary to hunting and gathering, which led us to our uh, brains being able to create society and holding together society with our brains. And so it's like men are voting on which men get to reproduce <laughs> and women are going along with the vote mm -hmm. and, and, and being even more stringent in their, in mm -hmm. their choices, let's say. And so then what you get is that the consciousness that through its active expression transforms the potential of the world into actuality also selects the direction of evolution. Right, and that's mm -hmm. where the meme it's fascinating how he's able to stick like like um the kind of the Taoist kind of form of thought too is that we're all kind of characters in this in this show so that's pretty fascinating that he's also able to fit that in there is that like consciousness is expressing itself through all of us and this is the mission this is like it's almost saying like we're all moving through divine grace like we are all um, God's actors, you know, it has a lot to do with destiny. It's fascinating. He doesn't believe in chaos whatsoever. Dawkins' term mm -hmm. turns into the biological reality. It's not oh, just, so it, yeah, this is like something that. that's, that's so cool yeah. about Dawkins. It's like, I've often thought this about Dawkins, is if he would push his thinking to the limits, he would fall right into Jung. Well, and then he'd be lost, of course, <laughs> because that's a whole other universe. But if you take that meme seriously, mm -hmm. like, and I mean really seriously, you think, mm -hmm. yeah, there's some ways of conceptualizing that become so all-encompassing that they, that they yeah, themselves. That, yeah, that's right. They start to become an actual force of evolution itself. And so then here's the Boys. case you could make. 
<laughs> what? Think thoughts can be become a force of evolution. Like again, and I I gotta say this: we like humans have not evolved. I think for millions of years, like we're still the same uh, backward ass species as we've always been. <laughs> so, I don't think thought has done much for us. Consciousness extracts the proper world of being from potential through truth, and then it's good. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, that's yeah. a hard one, man. That manifests itself in human beings at the individual level of individual consciousness. That's the logos within. Mm -hmm. That's the metaphysical foundation of the idea of natural right and responsibility. Mm -hmm. hey, that's a bloody killer idea. That's expressed in the hero of heroes, that idea. Mm -hmm. That hero of heroes is the driving force be behind human evolution. Mm -hmm. So not only do you get the action of the logos wow. metaphysically as the process wow. that extracts order out of chaos at the beginning of time, wow. you also- He found a way to put uh, like Nietzschean will to power in front of the force of evolution. Get it as the major driver of evolution. And so then you ask, okay, then what kind of reality does that have? Because you, you chase consciousness back, and mm -hmm. like it disappears into the mystery of right. the past, and we have no idea what its relationship is with matter. But it's the force that gives rise to the cosmos <laughs> and drives evolution. Yeah. You're right. We have no, uh, we have, uh, no understanding of the relation between an abstract understanding of consciousness and the materials. Oh, wow. It's like you're getting pretty close to God there. Yeah. Even and, just pragmatically speaking. And, and you're certainly, you know, not close to, but in the midst of, a, of an argument about free will. Because obviously, if you if you make the hard determinist argument that free will doesn't exist and that consciousness is merely a, a sort of trick that your brain is playing mm -hmm. on itself, then how exactly does how does culture propagate? How do how do mm -hmm. these memes propagate? How are <laughs> Ben says that uh, consciousness is a uh, a uh, 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 a game, uh, a game, uh, Jesus, your brain playing a game on itself when Jordan Peterson just got it done explaining to him that the existence of God is within him and he calls it consciousness. Are people choosing hmm. sexual selection and natural selection become one and the same as soon as you boil sexual selection down to natural selection? Hmm. Right, well, and also, I think the, the free will argument, I mean, I see why Harris gets tangled up in that, you know, because. Well, first of all, deterministic arguments are unbelievably powerful. And when we use deterministic models for many things, they really work. Right. So you could say, well, we're going to use that by default. It's like, fair enough. We're going to deviate from that with care. But I don't see people as driven like clocks winding down. First of all, we don't wind down in any simple way. We're dissipative structures to use, um, he wrote, Schrodinger. What is life? <laughs> a human being is a dissipative structure. We're not... We're not an entropic structure like a clock running down. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are in some sense, but as living beings, we pull energy in. Mm -hmm. And so we're not winding down like a deterministic structure. We're something other than that. And mm -hmm. the way we treat each other is as logos, as far as I can tell. Mm -hmm. The way I treat mm -hmm. myself, right. if I... That's fascinating. He didn't answer uh, that question at all about free will and just... Uh just use very broad big words <laughs> to kind of obfuscate the point and then move back to what he was talking about which is the logos if i'm going to be good to myself in the proper sense is that i'm an active 
agent of choice confronting an infinite landscape of potential and casting that potential into a reality for good or for evil. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, That's and if I uh, treat myself that way, then I have proper respect for myself and proper fear of myself because I can make bad decisions and warp the structure of reality. And I think if you read Frankl, for example, mm -hmm. or Solzhenitsyn, and you see how your bad decisions can warp the structure of reality, then that wakes you up, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's that. Sure. If you don't treat yourself like an, an active agent mm -hmm. imbued with logos, then your life doesn't go well. Mm -hmm. But more, if you don't treat other people that way, they do not want to play with you. If we set up societies that aren't predicated on the idea that people are like that, then the societies become, they dissolve or they become totalitarian almost instantly. So then I would say, well, you've got the, the problem of determinism. Mm -hmm. It's like, fair enough, man. How do you reconcile the fact that if you lay out a society at every level of analysis on strict deterministic grounds, it fails? So doesn't, doesn't that mean your hypothesis has a flaw? I mean, maybe not. Maybe you can say, no, the facts are independent of the ethical consequences. Right, exactly. Right? This, is, this is where the truth, this is where the uh, truth pragmatism question mm -hmm. comes back into being, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. Sam would say, well, it's mm -hmm. true regardless of what the effect is. Mm -hmm. And you would say, well, it's obviously not true if morals are constructed for a pragmatic reason and if this pragmatism mm -hmm. doesn't work, if it falls into nothingness. Mm -hmm. Well, it also, it also depends to some degree on what you're willing to, how you're willing to test your hypothesis. Because mm -hmm. I might say, well, if your hypothesis is factually correct, wouldn't you assume that if people based their, 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 their behaviors individually mm -hmm. and familial and socially on that set of facts, which is basically what Sam claims about facts to begin okay. with. If so weird. Uh, hypotheses never have facts. I just need to stop that. You can't have a factually true hypothesis. If you based your ethos on that, those facts, wouldn't it work? Right. Well, he claims that that's a test. Yep. And I would say, well, then it fails that test. Yep. It doesn't work. We have a hypothesis only becomes fact when it has a conclusion that proves the hypothesis. The conclusion is really the only true part of any experiment. That's okay. Have to treat each other like divine centers of consciousness in order for society to work. Yes. And I think, well, that's. I can't see any way out of those arguments. Sam Harris's writings and lectures span. All right, I don't want to get into Sam Harris because I'm running out of time here. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow, 27 minutes and 21 seconds. Maybe I'll get into it tomorrow just for a little bit of fun. But uh, yeah, Jordan Peterson, like I said, is a bit too more too abstract for me at times, like to the point where like when he was talking about determinism and uh, how to run a society, like I got so lost in the jargon of him trying to explain that question. It made absolutely no sense to me for a pragmatic reason and if this pragmatism mm -hmm. doesn't work if it falls into nothingness mm -hmm. well it also it also depends to some degree on what you're willing to how you're willing to test your hypo yeah, the hypothesis the thing. problem myself into a reality to myself something other than I'm gonna deviate from that with care but I don't see people as driven like clocks wind life mm -hmm. You could say, well, we're tangled up in that. Hold on, hold on. Consciousness is merely a, a sort of trick that your brain is playing mm -hmm. on itself. Then how exactly does, how does culture propagate? How do, how do mm -hmm. these memes propagate? How are people choosing? Mm -hmm. Sexual selection and natural selection become one and the same as soon as you boil sexual selection down to natural selection. Mm -hmm. right, well, you. and also I think that the free will argument, I mean, I see why Harris gets tangled up in that, you know, because 
well, first of all, deterministic arguments are unbelievably powerful. And when we use deterministic models for many things, they really work. Right. So you could say, well, we're going to use that by default. It's like, fair enough. We're going to deviate from that with care. But I don't see people as driven like clocks winding down. First of all, we don't wind down in any simple way. We're dissipative structures. See, like, what are we talking about with this whole clock? This whole clock analogy about us winding down, we don't wind down. Um, we do. <laughs> it's it's definitely, you wind up, right? You, as you, from baby to, let's say, 80 years old, you're winding up. And then as, you know, wait, <laughs> from baby to like, you know, maybe you hit your 50s or maybe you hit your 60s and you start winding down. We do wind down. Uh, we wind up and we wind down. So I don't I don't even understand what this has to necessarily do with the free will argument. To use, um, he wrote Schrodinger. What is life? <laughs> a human being is a dissipative structure. We're not... Dissipative structure. We're not winding down. We're dissipating. That's the same fucking thing. That's like saying that we're not, we're not going backwards. We're fading. Like, th that's not the same thing. But like, uh, dissipating and fading, like, that's the same thing. Like, he, that's a winding down that's evaporating let me let me make sure It says scattered or dispersed, <laughs> uh, but also disintegrate. So that's another one, M dissipated. Um, so, yeah, it's another way of saying uh, it's a various directions of disperse or dispel. Um, but he's doing this weird circling motion, dissipating. I don't know what the, f the fuck he did with any of this. That hand signal didn't explain anything to humans or... Dissipating. He wrote Schrodinger. What is life? <laughs> a human being is a dissipative structure. What the fuck is this? What is that? A human being is a dissipating structure. This has nothing to do with dissipating. I had to look up the fucking definition just to make sure it didn't. We're not we're not an entropic structure like a See? And then he says we're not an entropic structure. Now, let's make sure we understand the definition here, because like I said, he didn't answer the fucking question. A uh, closed system evolves toward a state of maximum entropy. A doctrine of inevitable social decline and de degeneration says we're not that. A clock running down. <laughs> I mean, we are in some sense, but as living beings, we pull energy in. Mm -hmm. And so we're not winding down like a deterministic structure. We're, some we're not winding down like a deterministic structure. Um, maybe determinism has determined that we are uh, kind of doomed to entropy.
as he uses the word, or also doomed to decline. Um, I'm not sure it is a natural law, but, you know, there's an old saying that says what goes up must come down. Um, but he, Jordan B. Peterson here believes that human beings are much more than that, that we are better than the dinosaurs. They didn't, they came up to fall. We did not. Something other than that. And the way we treat each other is as logos, as far as I can tell. Mm -hmm. The way I treat mm -hmm. myself, right. if I'm going to be good to myself, in the proper sense, is that I'm an active agent of choice confronting an infinite landscape of potential and casting that potential into a reality for good or for evil. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, and if I... All right, so I guess he is trying to answer the question here of free will, but he's also just saying that he has will to power to decide with the material conditions of whether or not he will commit acts of good or evil. Uh, treat myself that way, then I have proper respect for myself and proper fear of myself because I can make bad decisions and warp the structure of reality. And I think if you read Frankel, for example, mm -hmm. or Solzhenitsyn, and you see how your bad decisions can warp the structure of reality, then that wakes you up, right? Mm -hmm. That's fascinating that he's like, I, if you read these two other guys, they'll explain to you the, this point I'm trying to make. Okay, so there's that. If you don't treat yourself like an, an active agent mm -hmm. imbued with logos, then your life doesn't go well. Mm -hmm. But more, if you don't treat other people that way, they do not want to play with you. If we set up societies that aren't predicated on the idea that people are like that, That's then funny. the society... He's just like really overly explaining myth in order to say like self-respect and respect of others is really important to holding a society together. At no point does he answer anything about free will. None of that. None of that answers the question of how much free will do we have. But he kind of answers the question by saying that a lot of it has to do with what he chooses as an individual so um yeah that's a lot of nietzschean uh will to power there from jordan b peterson which uh again maybe i was actually a lot closer i just have to listen to to him a little bit better and i get a better understanding but at the same time like he is generally full of shit and he seems to be stepping into a lot of um studies that he really shouldn't be i think he was originally a psychologist right or a, so uh or a, uh yeah uh, so, so, so someone dealing with brains and somehow he is now uh full on with philosophy and politics which i guess some of the greatest have been i don't remember if carl jung was that much into politics um but uh he seems to really enjoy jung i wish maybe he understood campbell a bit better um, but you know, that's for another day, another conversation. I want to thank you for joining me here on another one of my transmissions. I hope to continue to do this. I like kind of picking brains and analyzing ideas. It's fun for me. I enjoy it. I get off on it. Um, please join me again for another episode, another transmission. I got a Twitter at working and, uh, working underscore Andrew. Um, yeah, I'm going to keep posting it uh, on YouTube. And uh, what, what was the other one? Uh, Anchor, my my go-to platform for podcasts because they allow me to upload them for free. And uh, I'm just taking a break from the whole Twitch thing. I'd much rather just do what I'm doing right now. I actually feel pretty good about it. And if you don't like it, you can go love yourself. Thanks for joining me.